But today's message, the DNA of faith, one word, believe. Now, I I don't like it when the Lord disturbs me at 5 a.m. I always say, God, just speak to me like at 9 o'clock. But last Monday morning, 5 a.m., how many, the Lord does that to you too? Sometimes it's 3 o'clock in the morning. The Lord just wants to have a little bit of chatting with you. And how many know it's good not to refuse the Holy Spirit? So at 5 a.m. last Monday morning, I was thinking about you folks I was praying for all of those that are carrying babies. I'm praying for all of the couples. I'm praying for all of the singles. I'm praying for all of the folks as we go through transition. And so, but 5 a.m., the Lord said, DNA of faith, that's what you're going to be preaching on. So, hey, we have Joseph and Marissa back there, too, today. Nice to see you folks up from Columbus. I think you have parents that come here occasionally, don't you? Your mom and dad are the best. I I just want you to know they're always here. And boy, can your mom cook. I just want to mention that too. So So we had quite a time. It's been quite a week. Got back Tuesday night late and we laid floor two and a half days. Paul, the floor is done. Praise God. So we got the new floor down. So uh, And then we did yard work. I'm going to be talking about how many know it's time to spruce up inside and outside, spring cleaning, all that stuff. How many have already done your spring cleaning? Good. Could you come down to our house now if you're done there? Because I was looking for volunteers. I saw that hand. Praise God. We appreciate that. No, my wife has got that done weeks ago as well. So for this season, the next three weeks, today and the next couple weeks, we're going to be speaking this series to you. Our text is from Hebrews chapter 11. Please turn with me to Hebrews 11 verses 1 and 2 and also Hebrews 12, the next chapter, 28 and 29. And we're going to the Hall of Famers chapter. We're going to the Hall of Famers that are listed. No political scandals here. No problematic personalities. Just recognition of the great deeds of some of the best. Did you know we are linked with ancestry? Did you know that we have a legacy that we can give beyond our grave? Did you understand that there is a great cloud of witnesses around us? Do you understand that our Father has given us His DNA? We have the same DNA as our Father. Can you say amen? The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Or as we say in Colombia, the tiger, baby tiger leaves with his daddy's stripes. Praise God. All of that to say, hijo de tigres alipitaro, in case you're wondering in Spanish. All of that to say, Hebrews 1, 11 verses 1 and 2. I'm reading from the Message Bible, one of my favorites, because it breaks it down. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation, say it with me, firm foundation, under everything that makes life worth living. Do you know that Christianity is the first and foremost faith? It's the best for abundant living in all of the world. Can you say amen? Christ died for our sins to get our guilt relieved is wonderful. God is with us every day to help us. It's our handle, say it with me, handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors, set them above the crowd. Our faith makes us different than everyone else in the world. And yet everyone else in the world has the same DNA from the Father that created them, which means we will start looking differently at people in our families that we don't like. Or people in the church or in the neighborhood. Because we are all connected. 
and I'm going to have them put up in a few minutes that DNA link chain that connects us. But let me go to Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to talk about spring cleaning today, verses 28 and 29. Do you see what we've got? An unshakable kingdom. Say it with me. Unshakable kingdom. And do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship. I love the worship team, the music today at both services. Deeply reverent before God, for God is not an indifferent bystander. He is actively cleaning house. How many say it's time to clean house at home? You know what it's like. You have to get the dust out. You have to kind of clean up. You got to wash the windows. Ahmad, is that right or not? It clean time to clean the garage, you know, whatever it takes. We want to make, you know, our wives happy. So that's what we do. And he's actively cleaning house, torching all that needs to burn. My wife had a burn pile going yesterday and she's like, I got some things to do. And I'm like, she's telling me all the things she's going to do. And my wife's like super gal. She can do all this stuff. But at the end of the day, she was like a deflated balloon and went out of the bag, whatever. She was just just really tired. So we understand what cleaning house means, torching all that needs to be burned. And he won't quit until it's all cleansed. How many know that God is a refiner's fire? He's going to keep working on us and working on us and working on us and working on us and working on us. So we're still in process. Can you say praise the Lord? Turn to somebody and say, I'm still in progress. Forgive me. <laughs> now we got that straight. We're all set to move on. God's desire for each of us is transformation to the place we can each accomplish the great acts of faith that he asks for us. How many know that's the thing that distinguishes us and makes us different? It just hit me Monday morning, 5 a.m. Cincinnati to talk about DNA. This is not an easy concept to explain or pronounce. And for those from a medical background, you probably can correct me after the service, but DNA stands for dioxyribonucleic acid. Give me a hand, will you? I got that out. <laughs> dioxyribonucleic acid, DNA, I prefer to call it today. A self-replicating material present in nearly... You didn't know you were going to get some biochemistry when you came to church. Greta's saying, boy, did I need this today. I'm not, I'm not sure. Wait till I'm done, Greta, then you can tell me if you liked it or not. But it's a self-replicating material present in nearly all living organisms as the main constituent of chromosomes. It is the carrier of genetic information, uh, note these words, self-replicating and carrier, the fundamental and distinctive characteristic or qualities of someone or something, especially when it's regarded as unchangeable. As a matter of fact, we can tell how you're related by looking at DNA. This is just not about criminology. We're talking about the church of Jesus Christ, and we are related to our Heavenly Father. We have His DNA, praise God, and we could use it in a sentence. Diversity is part of the DNA at our church at New Song. You could say it with me if you want to. Diversity is part of the church's DNA. But there are a lot of other things that go in to make DNA spectacular. Do we have that squiggly, uh, that, that spiral chain? Can that be put up there? I've got it here, and I'm not preaching from shorthand or biochemical terminology. I just, there it is. And we wanted you to see how complex it is. One little chromosome change can affect so much of our personality and it can change our destiny and future. I believe God has programmed us 
so that we can be just what we are. Now, my wife has a way of boiling down all of this hubbub, all of this sophisticated stuff. She's like, look, God grinds on keys. Have you ever been to Walmart and they're going, and they're grinding on that key and it doesn't sound pleasant. It is probably not pleasant for the key, but the key is being made to fit something. How many believe that we are made by God to fit various circumstances and we are made by God to affect change? Can you say amen? amen? We are characters to infect the lives of others. We are characters to share the good news of Jesus Christ with the world. The Bible says that we are created in his own image. We carry our father's DNA. That will make you think differently about those around you at the workplace when you go to work. No wonder God's intent all of the time was to create a people who would love him and reverence him and treat him with respect as a heavenly father. Now, all of us are too smart if we're parents to say, oh yeah, God just gave us these kids and we let them do whatever they want. How many think that would go well at your house? We just turn our kids loose. Sounds like the rascals to me. How many know God says, wait, there's going to be some guidelines now. Free moral agents. Everybody can do your own thing. Do what you want. Dress the way you want. Be what you want. But understand, I have a divine purpose for you. And I have programmed a map in you that you are going to be special. Can you say amen? Amen. So then God said, first of all, to the Jewish people, I wonder how many people he called before Abraham finally said, I'll go. I wonder how many times God has to speak. We had 22 people ordained last week. 22 people going into Ohio into various kinds of ministry and even some of those people around the world. I'll talk about it in a minute. But God has ordained. He set up some rules. How many remember all of the dietary laws of the Old Testament? You know, what we should eat, what we shouldn't eat. How many remember all of the sacrifices? I'm telling you, I think we can make some money at New Song Church. It just came to me. I'm thinking about this, you know, uh, Robin, I, I had this idea while I was in Thailand. I saw people releasing pigeons from little bamboo cages. And they would flutter out and I would say, boy, that was beautiful. And pretty soon somebody else would release pigeons. And people would be crying or laughing, you know, they're releasing pigeons. I said, what's going on? And the missionary said, oh, people are getting their sins forgiven. They pay the guy to release pigeons on behalf of the forgiveness of their, their no bloodshed. It's wonderful. And I'm like, it must take a lot of pigeons. And the guy told us, oh, no, the pigeons are trained. They fly back to the cage and the next people go ahead and pay again. Robert, this is going to work. We are going to make some money here, you know. We just say, come on in. We'll release some pigeons. For I got a better idea. We're going to release a balloon in Jesus' name for you. It only costs 10 bucks a shot. Hallelujah. One sin, 10 bucks. Two sins, big sin, big balloon. Small sin, little balloon. We got specials on Sundays. We're open on Wednesdays. We're going to get, aren't you glad we don't have to sacrifice bull, sheep, goats, pigeons anymore? The blood of Jesus Christ. Let's not take Jesus' sacrifice lightly. Christianity by far makes us accountable to the Heavenly Father. No wonder people get in so much trouble. They're not accountable to nobody. They're like, I want to do it my way. Frank Sinatra song. Well, listen, doing it your own way usually does not lead to a very happy life. Can you say amen? Amen. 
So this makes every believer a carrier. This makes every believer self-replicating. We are like God, his children. We have his undeniable DNA. What great things can be accomplished. I didn't know pastor, I talked to pastor Clen last night. He said, I'm going to send a message to read. I didn't know he was going to use that verse. God is going to do a new thing at new song. But this is what we're preaching about today. God has a way to do something fresh and new in our lives because he's programmed us that way, praise God. Now, let me first just note a couple things here. Week one, our word is faith. Simply, faith believes. Faith believes. We believe that all things are possible. Everybody can be saved. How many believe everybody can be saved? I really believe it. Okay, let's see who I can pick on here. I think I'll pick on... Leela, would you help me out? Just Would, would it be all right? Come up here for just a second. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way, but let's pretend that I'm the meanest sinner in the world and my disposition of Christ is a negative 50. What are you going to do when you meet up with me? How are you going to affect my life? I'm going to smile and love you anyway. Smile. Maybe shake my hand if I'm not too strange. Maybe say something positive. All it takes is something, a nudge to get somebody onto a good day. Having a bad day? Uh, have you ever said that about somebody? How did you know they were having a bad day? You know, they look like they were having a bad day. You know, they look constipated. I, okay, I withdraw that from the tape. I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean sucking lemons. I'm so sorry. So maybe you meet me again a couple days later, and I'm in a negative 40 posture, and this time, what do you say to me? You say, hi. Hi, how are you? Been praying for you. Hope you have a good day. It could be something that easy. We have to be very careful. We have to wait on the Holy Spirit. We can't just give them John 3.16 and the plan of salvation and the four spiritual laws and Kennedy's method of evangelism in the first meeting. It might work, but it probably won't. I've led people to the Lord on the first time that I've never met before on the airplane. I've had people sent to the factory I'm at. We're the only two people there, and I lead the guy to the Lord that's driving a truck. We've had those things happen, but how many believe in being sensitive to the Holy Spirit? Maybe the next time we meet on the park bench, I want to tell you part of my story. Have you ever had anybody kind of like their story came out and it just spilled all over you? You couldn't stop them. They got familiar with you. You talked with them a couple times. The next thing you know, you're forming some kind of relationship. Thank you so much for coming up and doing that. But understand, once we get to that place where, you know, it could go either way. I'm in a posture of zero. I don't feel spiritual or non-spiritual. We say, oh, thank God the evangelist preached and they came forward and they got saved. How many know you're at negative? You're still at zero. How many know it takes a lot of teaching to get to plus five, plus ten? Plus 15. How many are plus 50 years at least in the gospel? How many understand that we can't just leave babies out there to suffer and think that they're all going to be perfect? We can't just bring people into church, wave a magic wand and say, now you're a Christian. Now you've been to New Song. So it's going to take, listen, faith believes, but it's not natural. It's very difficult for us to have faith. You got to show me. I'm from Missouri. You know, show me, show me, show me. But it goes against human wisdom. It goes against human reason. Hey, I got something that I want you to say to the naysayers. How many have ever said, hi, how are you today? It looks like it's going to be a nice day. And they're like, might rain. How many, when you meet the naysayers, how many would like something to say to the naysayers? You know, okay, here's what we're going to say. Stop. I am a person of faith. I believe things are going to be great today. How many believe that's an honest statement? 
Stop. Don't tell me all the negativity. You know, I said to somebody the other day, I literally said, um, what a nice day. And the person said, going to be hot. <laughs> going to be cold. Might rain. Seats are hard. Seats are soft. How'd you sleep last night? Oh, don't even ask. I mean, you know, don't even bother. Have you ever met people and every time you ask them how they're doing, something went wrong with them? My back, my head, my shoulder, my foot. I mean, you know, they're falling apart. How many have ever felt that way? So anyway, we, we trust Jesus is the glue that holds us together. Can you say praise God? So it's not natural, but say to the naysayers, stop. I am a person of faith. You know, the Bible says a double-minded person is unstable in all their ways. They're like a leaf in the wind. You can't build anything upon that. You can't count on them for anything. Understand double-minded what that means. So I say faith is not natural. Another thought, faith is always positive in the face of opposition, insurmountable odds, can't be done. The deck stacked against me. Whatever. We say, stop. I'm a person of faith. I believe that God is working things on my behalf. Can you say amen? amen? I've told you some of the stories about miracles in my life. When I wouldn't have given you a nickel for somebody's life, God healed them. Would I, would I, I wouldn't have said this person has zero chance of salvation. And now they're preaching the gospel. My son-in-law called me and I said, okay, what's the matter now? I mean, when he calls, there's got to be, you grab the horns of the altar, something's going on, you know. He said, hey, Pop, pray for me. I said, okay, why? He said, well, I feel the call to ministry. (laughs) My son-in-law, type A personality, crazy Eddie. No, don't, don't record this. I don't want, I love my son-in-law. He eats so much. He eats so much at my house. But anyway, putting all of that aside, he told me how to call him. He's got a minister's license, Assemblies of God minister. You know what he's good at? He's good at those blow-up, pop-up things. He's good with children events. He can handle a thousand kids as easy as he can handle his two own kids. I'll tell you what, he's tremendous with kids. He actually got his master's degree working with uh, children with all kinds of special needs. He has a sensitivity. This one couple in his church has a special needs son that's now 18 and 6'5". When they don't know what to do with him, they call my son-in-law. He has a gift with kids. I, I remember him talking to people, and it's like, how did you meet? How, how long you known each other? Oh, we just met. My son-in-law has this gift, a connectability. And he's, or, he's a licensed minister with the Assemblies of God, and he is always positive. Another thing, faith, it believes the best about people. You know, that person doesn't have a chance. I don't want them back here. They're not coming into my house, you know. Faith always believes the best about people. I love this. So all of this becomes everything is possible. Even the Cavs winning in Boston (laughs) is a possibility. Who knows what could happen? Let's be positive. Let's be positive. Second thought today. If the DNA of Christianity is different If the DNA of Christianity is different, superior, how will that affect the DNA of your home? Do you pray with your kids before they go to school? Do you pray at the table? Do you share a family time with them a couple nights a week? You know, I believe kids are watching their mom and dad. 
Grandkids are watching their grandparents. They're out from under our influence every day, but when they're there, I decided at my house we pray over all the meals and we hold hands. I decided at my house when you walk in the door, I hug you. You don't get to go to the refrigerator till you get a hug from your dad. That's the way it is at my house. We set the DNA in our family. I, I want to draw, I was going to preach all through Hebrews 11. I'm going to come back to it next week and the week after. But let me ask you to turn to Hebrews 11:7. I just want to read the story of Noah. <coughs> Pardon me. Just that one man of God. What a, what a noble character. Verse 7, by faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of his front yard on dry land. What did his neighbors think? By faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. He was warned about something he couldn't see and acted on what he was told. The result, his family was saved by that act of faith. That's what distinguished Noah. By that act of faith, he saved himself, he saved his wife, he saved his sons, he saved his daughter-in-laws, he saved his posterity. His family was saved. His act of faith drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the righteous of the believing world. As a result, Noah became intimate with God. When's the last time... God has spoken to you. When's the last time God has whispered your name and you recognized his presence? Have you been woken up at 5 a.m. recently? 3 a.m. recently? Have you had God speak to you about solving a puzzle in your life, solving a problem? Have you been facing a conflict or, or people of difficulty and God gave you a word to say to them to be a peacemaker and resolve the conflict? I'm praying that new songers will be peacemakers all over Cleveland. Wherever you go, someone will identify that the Spirit of God lives in you. Can you say amen? Amen. What's the culture of your family? How about the DNA of the community? You know, in Youngstown, (laughs) in Youngstown where I live, it's like Ohio has become the number one of the number one states for overdoses. Our pastor down there, our presbyters, called us together on Tuesday nights. Forget about Wednesday night prayer meetings still on. Wednesday night services are still on. Sunday morning, Sunday night. <clears throat> they do church a lot down there. But Wednesday, he said, we're in such a desperate need. I'm calling anybody and everybody just to come. We're going to open the doors, and we're going to have prayer for a couple hours. And I'm going to preach on prayer next week. I want to quote our general superintendent from Tanzania, Barnabas Motkambali, that we've gotten close to as a friend. We've met him several times. We've talked with him. He goes, oh, builders, come to help us in Tanzania. And I said, thanks. We're praying about whether we should go or whether we're supposed to go to Tanzania next spring with the next group that's going over. But he says, we talk about prayer. We have seminars about prayer. We preach about prayer. But when do we pray? So next Sunday... I'm going to be talking about the DNA of faith and prayer. And believe me, before we're done, we're going to have concert prayer for our new pastor in the transition in a smooth move. How many know it's not an easy task to move your wife and household away from your friends 
and move them to a new location. And I'm going to christen everybody right now to be the welcoming committee. We're not just going to have the board be the welcoming committee, only Sonny, the welcome committee with Regina and Pam. No, we're going to commission everybody in the church to be the welcoming committee. So whatever you can do, some of the most meaningful things are the smallest things. Um, a little girl I was preaching on a Wednesday night to missionettes. And four months later at Christmas, I get a little jewelry box in the mail. It was a little cardboard box like a little pin is in. And I, it was uh, uh, Pastor Ken. I opened it up, and there she had made this little star out of paper. And she put that glistening, sparkly stuff, what do you call it? Glitter on it. And it said on here, surprise me today, because that's what I preached on. Lord, I love you. Surprise me today. One of the most memorable gifts. I've hung that on my Christmas tree over the last 23 years. It's either been on my tree or hanging on my office door. I've got to remember God is full of surprises, good surprises when I obey him. Can you say amen? That little girl blessed my socks off. Find ways. Pray right now. How can I bless Pastor Clint and Audrey as they come to us here at New Song and do something? I heard about a pastor down in Louisiana that he wanted his church to grow. And he says, bring in the meanest sinners in town. He didn't know that that guy was going to bring his his current wife and two or three of his ex-wives and some of his mistresses and sit on the front row at first assembly. Sometimes you get baggage. When I pastored in the Akron area, we had a lady who had been married three times to three different men with children from all those different men of diff- different ethnic backgrounds come into our church. And believe me, that caused a stir in our middle class church in out in the rural area from Akron. Like, who let those people in? I said, I'm going to get a tattoo and just mark AG on their arm when they come in so they'll be okay. How many believe that everybody has the same DNA? Some people are waiting to hear for the first time. They they transformed our Sunday school. Have you ever had inner city kids? Let me ask you a better question. Have you ever had Muslim kids? like 5,000 of them under a circus tent. I thought, I'm dressing with my umpire's mask and I'm putting on that breastplate. They want me to be a leader with these 5,000 kids in the Philippines. I'm going to put on my mitts. I'm going to have on my steel toe boots. And I couldn't believe when I got in there, all of the kids came in and were seated quietly. They're coming in off of rickshaws and jeepneys and being dropped off. It was just mass confusion. People would pull up, drop these kids, go out. Pull up, drop these kids and go out. I never saw anything. It was organized chaos. And I thought, oh my gosh, when they all have to go to the bathroom when the preacher comes, you know, that's going to be horrific. Nobody moved. I said, what's going on here? He said, did you see all the little plastic tokens we gave out? If kids behave and sit in their seats and listen, they get a token. And with the token, they're allowed to buy Coke, popcorn, instant gratification, or they can buy enough rice to feed their family for the rest of the week. The kids would come in and sit down. We just aren't thinking. We we have stinking thinking sometimes. We aren't thinking how to control the kids we're ministered to. The Muslim moms and dads came in and helped their kids learn the memory verses so they could win the bicycle. But mom and dad are singing the memory verses all week. They're transformed by the power of God. The Holy Spirit comes through his word. And they were changed. I have a picture of a missionary wife with a white face sitting in this mass of humanity of kids, 5,000 kids, 
under a circus tent with a big smile on her face. Think of her legacy, the souls that she's touching. What will the legacy of our church be? How many children can, how many children's programs? I can envision men's basketball night, women's volleyball tournaments, Zumba. How many know what Zumba is? I just found out what Zumba is. My wife Zumbas, you know, I've never Zumbaed, so I, I don't know whether I recommend it or not, but I'm just saying some of the possibilities. Drawing people in. One of our pastor's wives in Columbia, she was brilliant. She was an engineer. She said, well, we're doing ceramics, but I'm reaching people that we never thought would come to church before to come in and learn how to do ceramics. I just want you to know when we pray, God, throw open the doors and throw open the floodgates. Let people come to New Song Church and let them be healed and whole. You know why people are at posture negative 50? You know why they're angry? They're hurt. They're upset because they've been hurt. They've been tormented. Somebody has abused them verbally, physically. Somebody's taken advantage of them. Somebody's robbed them. Somebody stole from them. I met this uh, couple and their two children when I was laying block at our construction site at the first church plant in Sopo, Colombia. Everything they owned was in a baby buggy. They had a baby buggy somebody had given them the two big kids, the little girl that they had in the buggy died. And they got displaced from where they were because the terrorists had come in. I don't know how they got bus fare to get where they were there in Bogota, but they thought if I come to, if I come to Emerald City, everything will be fine. But everything wasn't fine in Emerald City. There's more people and more problems and more conflicts because of all the different races and backgrounds and all of the different kinds of uh, customs and cultures. Eight different cultures in conflict in Bogota on the on the dirt heap down there where there are two million people at the south end of the city. That's where everybody goes that has no place to go. They're flushed to that end of town. And I remember them saying the next day, I, I fed them that. I said, if you'll stay for the service. They, were, they had a paper from the government. You know how the government helped down there? Here's a paper that says you're allowed to ask for handouts. So did the government give them Social Security, welfare, benefits, food stamps, a meal? No. They got a paper saying you're licensed by the government of Bogota, of Columbia, to ask for handouts. How would you like that? You know, there are people on the streets night and day around this planet just hoping to get enough money or enough food to have something to take back to their kids so they get one meal a day. We forget that God has commissioned us to effect and to self-replicate so that we can alleviate pain and suffering. That's really what church growth is all about. It's not some carnal idea. It's about ministering to the needs of people. Let me just tell you about our ordination class, 22, 11 men, 11 women. One of them, our own Galen Bell. Where's Brian? I, I saw, thought I saw Brian out there. But Galen, he was ordained. You know, Brian, he brought his whole family. There was like 25 of his family from Missouri that drove over. I went and gave him a big hug, you know, and a Pentecostal handshake on behalf of New Song Church. I said, we were so happy you got ordained. And they said he was inert. He was shy. Can you imagine 
Galen, this big happy guy that came to our work day, helped with our youth program, got ordained. He was so happy. He was, just, and his whole family came. They took up like three rows of the church right up front. It was fantastic. But there was an African pastor from Cincinnati. God had brought from from Liberia to Cincinnati. Liberia to Cincinnati. He's part of the Life Changers group. He's affecting people. His wife and him, him and his six children. There was a, a lady missionary, sixty plus years old. We've known her for forty years. There was a California. California hippie that studied music at Hillstong in Australia that was ordained. There was a national leader's wife born in Sandusky, Ohio. There was a pastor's daughter-in-law. There was a cowboy. There, there was a there was a uh, out a guy that just got out of prison several years back and got transformed. Uh, there was somebody with self-destruct lifestyle. There was a drug addict and overdose and all that stuff. Transformation after transformation. People who understand the problems and needs of other people were now ordained for full-time ministry. I'll tell you how we made it to New Song Church. It was a long journey. We started out in Kinsman country and farmers and truck drivers with vice grip handshakes hugged us and welcomed us into the kingdom of God. That's how we got saved. Then we were called East Providence, Rhode Island. We lived in the inner city. We lived right there in Providence. I don't know, a city of about a half a million people. Uh, there were people that we'd never seen before, you know, people from all over the world came to our Bible school, ethnic backgrounds, different languages. We had actually we lived across from a Portuguese bar and an old Italian woman that didn't speak a word of English. And she was always yelling about something. And they were always calling the police across the street when my mom and dad came up to visit us. And the siren went off because the fire department had their siren on the light post outside. You know, we're on the second floor. So their siren was on the second level. And so that siren would go off. My dad would hit the ceiling and then the guys would fight at the Portuguese bar every Friday and Saturday night. They happened to come on a weekend so they could see the adventure. And it was just it was fantastic. They were like, I think my mom and dad couldn't wait to get out of there. They said, if we survive this experience, you are sure weird. And God was getting us ready all this time for whatever the next step was to go around the world. Our first pastorate was in Amish country. Our second pastorate was hardworking, middle-class people. That's when the lady from the bar with the three ex-husbands brought all of her kids in, and it disturbed our Sunday school. Can you imagine? My wife said we only got everything ready to start the week after Labor Day, but I don't have a rainbow teacher. I said, congratulations, you're in charge of whoever comes to the threes and four rainbow class. My wife is tough. She goes, I said, how'd it go tonight? Her hair was a little bit disheveled. Her makeup wasn't the same. She was still on her two feet when she came out of the room. She said, I had 20 kids tonight. And she said, Kelly brought all of her grandkids. Well, that's 11 right there. And uh, they didn't know how to sit down at the table like we had taught them in the Philippines. Up and down. When it came time for the offering, they were taking the money out of the basket instead of pulling the money in the basket. How many have ever said, sometimes... There are cultural differences in the church and in the world, so you have to teach people. My wife taught with a firm hand. She's so fun. She has ways of connecting with the kids. She would tell these stories, and I'm thinking like, what does that have to do with the Bible or any story or parable in the Bible? And my wife would bring it home, and the kids would raise their hand, give their hearts to Christ every week for about two or three years until finally it sinks in. We give our hearts to the Lord until we get it. Can you say amen? amen. 22 years later, I'm at Valley Forge Christian College. My son-in-law, who eats all my food out of the refrigerator, was graduating. My son also graduated from there a couple years later. 
one of the rainbow kids walks up and says, Sister Sherry. And another rainbow kid comes up, Sister Sherry. And I said, wait a second. Five of them walked up, Sister Sherry. You know, our church, that church, we sent like 22 people to Bible school in just a few years. And 18 of the 22 were from her rainbow class. I believe God's going to do a new thing at New Song. And I believe we're going to have children's ministry, youth ministry, summer programs, summer camps, activities in the fall. We're going to use this building for the first time. I believe it's being spruced up. There's a lot more to do. But understand that God is not through with us yet. He is just getting us. All that we've been through has led us to this point. And we're getting ready for some good things. Don't let naysayers say, oh, we're doomed. You can say, thank God we're getting rid of Pastor Ken. And thank God we're getting somebody younger. Listen, we're not going anyplace. We'll be back next week. We'll be back the week after. We'll be back to 24. James, you're not going to get rid of me that easy. You know, James is like, oh, my gosh, I got to deal with this guy again. I got your text number, James, so you can expect those texts. And I'm praying for the Cavaliers. I'm not sure, but I I, I don't want to be double-minded, but I'm praying, okay? But we'll see what happens. I don't want to bring God into these carnal things, but, but anyhow. Let me conclude by saying, what's the DNA going to be here at New Song? We can all shout diversity. Yeah, we got that, of course. But are we loving? Are we hardworking? Are we faithful? I got a scared this morning when I walked in at 10 after 11 and there was 15 people here. I was a scared for a minute. What time does the service start here? I forgot. Okay, I just I, I got a scared. I don't want I don't want Pastor Clen to be afraid. I've already warned him that some of us get our coffee at McDonald's before we come over. So under, we understand all of that. I'm from Latin America. I get it. But are we working together? Is our board working together? Are, are we anticipating? Are we postured so that we can receive our new pastors when they make Cleveland their home? Can we love them, receive them, respect their sacrifice And try to understand their experience. Let's give them a chance. Let's hear them out. Let's not be too judgmental like we hear one message. I like it. I didn't like it. Did you see the way he dressed? He didn't have a tie. He forgot his jacket. He didn't have the right shoes. His socks didn't match his clothes. Forget all of that stuff. Let's let's give our new pastor a chance. Can you say amen? amen? After getting used to us, you guys can handle anything. You really can. I really believe... This is going to be a blessed year. God has great things in store for our future. Will you stand and pray with me today? Next week, I'm going to call everybody to the altar. Today, I'm going to release you in just a few minutes. But thank you for coming today. Thank you for being part of this transition. Thank you for being part of this transformation. Consider what needs to be changed in your own life. Consider what needs to be changed and house cleaned at your home. Are there habits that need to be formed or habits that need to be broken? In your studies, are you only studying or is there time for the Lord? In your service to your family and responsibilities at work, do you still have time to serve the Lord? I'm asking you to do some house cleaning mentally in your own life, in your own family, and I'm asking you to commit to every Sunday here this month.
Please don't miss anything this month. I'm so happy that you're here today. Please come and hear the rest of this. I'm going to have concert prayer next week, and we'll be calling on individuals to be praying. We're not just going to talk about it. We're going to stop the service, and we're going to have special prayer for different things that we are facing. And I want you to be here for that. And I'm, I'm also asking you'll be here that third week, that in two weeks, and then don't miss the, the day of the, when we install our new pastor on the 24th. Father's Day, we are going to have our guests back again. How many enjoyed the Smiths, LaWanda and Carlton last week? Weren't they terrific? Did you enjoy them? Brother Carlton said, I said, I know it's a sacrifice. Could you please cover that day? I'll be with my daughter at her church in Pennsylvania on Father's Day. It's where I'd planned to be for a year, but I wasn't sure I was going to get there. But you can say, well, where's Brother Ken? Well, Brother Ken and his dragon sister, Sherry, so I can eat out of my son-in-law's refrigerator. <laughs> Father's Day weekend, I'll be there. I'll be there. He says, how long are they staying? I said, my daughter said, how long are you staying? Eddie wants to know. I said, three weeks. Ah! <laughs> I, I just love it. I just love it. I'm getting even with that guy now, so it's just great. We love those guys. And my grandson just got home from college, so we'll get to see them. But how many are believing for a new thing at New Song? How many are positive about this? We believe that God is going to do some great things. I feel a wonderful vibe here, and I felt that the last several weeks. I believe God is going to do something fresh. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that we are your sons and daughters. That makes us related to one another. Will you help us to view others through your eyes as we leave this building? Some are not in a posture to reverence you, to know you, to respect you or your laws. Would you help us let the spirit pervade our presence and would the, allow the spirit to Come out of our lives in such a way like a a sweet fragrance that would attract and draw the unbeliever, the sinner, a step closer. Help us not just to go for the juggler. Help us to show people, whether they're our neighbors, friends, or acquaintances, that we are going to consistently be positive and consistently reach out to them. And Father, use that style to influence and bring people to the place where they will share their problems, confess their sins, and their need for the Savior. Heavenly Father, because your DNA is in each and every one of us, help us to realize that you've programmed us. We, we don't have to worry about failure or even what we'll say because your word instructs us that the Holy Spirit will fill our mouths at the right moment, at the right time, when we're called upon about the faith that lies within us. Let us go from this place with our chins high, with our shoulders back, encouraged as we minister to others, Lord, sincerely. We ask that you will bless the visitors and guests today. We ask that if they do not know Christ as their Savior, they might just lift a hand and say, I profess Christ, and I want to move closer to him and i want to move to a place of maturity in him if you want to move to a closer place of maturity in him or an intimate life with christ will you just raise your hand today thank you 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 lord you see all that we've gone through and all that we will go through 
And you have equipped us to understand. Oh, Heavenly Father, make us attentive to your will and to your voice. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone say.